Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, before we get the show started, I wanted to let you know we are giving away a bunch of brand new Black Magic gear. Yeah, cameras, switchers, DaVinci Resolve licenses, a bunch of awesome stuff. So stay tuned to learn how you can enter to win free gear from Black Magic, and we're going to tell you all about it later on in this episode. Now, cue the music. Hey, welcome to the 177th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patrons Brian and Charles Coleman. I'm Warren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlow. Today we've got the guys from Radio Silence, Chad, Matt, and Tyler. They're a film collective behind the new movie, Ready or Not, which is in theaters as we speak. It's a fun summer movie. It's a little bit of horror, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of satire, a little bit of action, all mixed into one. They're a really fascinating trio because they've been working together kind of since the beginning of YouTube as kind of like almost like a rock band of filmmaking funness. And so we dig in on what it takes to be a collective and how to make movies in their own special way. Yeah, it's really fun and fascinating. And even just listening to this interview, you'll kind of probably pick up on the mind meld of how they play off of each other and how they are a a team. They they finish each other's sandwiches. Yeah, good reference. But yeah, they, they talk about how they, you know, made the VHS anthology how they made a couple other movies and how they got to where they are. And it's really, it's really fun. And they are, they are a very classic, like just shoot it type of mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's from, just. from DIY backyard, make movies with your friends up to studio features. Yeah. And ready or not should be in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can definitely check it out. Samra weaving is the lead and she's from Smilf and a bunch of other things. Adam Brody, I know from the OC. He's actually super fun in this movie. Also Andy McDowell. Yeah. Also Andy McDowell. It's like a really fun, eclectic cast of people. And it's got such a fun mix of tones. Like I was saying before, it's a little bit comedy, a little bit horror. You know, it's about basically a, a extreme game of hide and go seek in an eccentric family's giant mansion, uh, complete with crazy antique weapons and, occultism and superstition uh and you know kind of riffs on like uh all sorts of fun and and riffs on the horror genre and like gaming and games of chance it's all really great cool yeah we'll check it out but before we talk to chad matt and tyler matt we are going to talk about what we've been working on lately Ooh, so oren um you and i were talking off mic what's going on man How's it going? 
we talk about this a lot, but like kind of slumps and fears. And right now I'm about to go on a long job and I did a couple of jobs recently and I'm going on a vacation, but there's this weird thing in our business, especially, I mean, I know you're also going on a vacation where you just kind of feel weird about not knowing like what your next job is, even though I have a job that I'm on right now and working on and pitching and things like there's kind of, you know, a fear. I don't know. So I'm just, I've just kind of been thinking about that a lot because I was up for so many things. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, had that normal thing of like not knowing how I'm going to do all of them at the same time. And then they just kind of started falling, falling like flies. Yeah. You know, I think uh, maybe the vacation of it all is really complicated for us as well. This is the first time I've taken a true multi-day summer vacation since I became a director. Like I always would vacation on, I would do weekend trips or, or I would do like short little trips, you know, it's so kinda, funny. Cause I think of you as having taken so many, I'm out of trips. town all the time. But well, you did different. the Russia thing. I mean, your wife yeah, went I, with you. I traveled a bunch yeah, you, I traveled all the a lot. festival stuff. You did yeah. like a driving festival tour. Yeah, that's true. So I guess if you if you count film festivals as vacations, then yes, that all of a sudden that falls apart. But like, well, I only count them as vacations because you tend to not just do the film festival. You tend to check out things in town. And sure, that's true. Or drive to nearby places, or yeah, we try to see Elvis's house, or well, whatever and, you're and that's why we yeah we'll tack on a day or two around. Long, but those are typically almost always long weekends, you know, and so, and they're always riddled with the anxiety of what if a big job comes in, you know, and, and right. this is the first, this, I, I guess I'll put it to you this way. This is the first time I wouldn't cancel the trip for a job. Yeah. I, well, I wouldn't cancel the trip either, but it's probably one of the first trips that also like months ago, if people are like, hey, we got this big thing coming. I'd say, like, okay, just so you know, I'm out of town mm-hmm. on these dates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Booking out is a thing that actors do all the time, you know, but I think that you and I as directors who have a special flavor of anxiety <laughs> don't do quite so much, you know? Yeah. But it's, I don't know. What's interesting is just like I, I had a couple big pitches recently that I ended up not getting and. I don't know. It's just like such a bummer, like working so hard on these things and then not getting them. And then like having those things happen at the same time. It's, I just, I don't know. I'm really kind of souring on commercials again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know this happens to me like every few months, but uh, unless it's like a commercial that I'm being offered, which is kind of rare nowadays, I'm usually have to pitch on them. I just like, I work so hard on the pitches and when they don't come true, I'm like, I just, I literally didn't hang out with my family this past weekend mm-hmm. because I was trying to find cool pictures to Photoshop and put in right. this treatment. Right. And now I didn't get the job and they don't apply to anything else because I custom made them because I Photoshopped them to be right. the exact concept that I'm pitching. Yeah. Whereas like if a network doesn't buy your show, you can still take the show to other networks. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also something, I don't know, I guess it could still be a writing sample also that you can that's valuable or you could potentially make something yourself out of it mm-hmm. like with commercials i'm not gonna like go make my own dr pepper right commercial unless unless it's a spec but usually it's based on someone else's writing yeah you've got boards that you're, you're then pitching yeah. on so like making the version of the boards that you would do you know is kind of a different deal 
Yeah. So yeah, I hear you, man. Um, I think also, I something that struck me is that I've been on kind of a hot streak for the last year and a half, and when you're in the middle of a hot streak, you don't realize it necessarily. You're grateful for the work and you're having a good time, and they were also kind of longer term projects, so it wasn't like I was like winning bids over and over and over. Again, right, right. You're doing like a couple months at yeah. Ellen, a few yeah, months yeah. on this show. Sure, the yeah. Daily show, right? Or what? When did it? How it was did weekly. That come out? It was weekly. weekly. Show. Yeah, yeah. But so I had Ellen Facebook show Ellen, um, which I probably hadn't talked too much about on the actual podcast. But right, yeah. And you get paid, and you have weekends off, and you're less stressed on those weekends mm-hmm. because you're not you know what you're doing Monday. Yeah, which is a slight. That's slightly misleading in terms of the lifestyle, but still something you can get used to a little bit more, for sure. Right. Yeah. And I think that you also are in a similar situation where you were doing, I feel like this year you were booking stuff nonstop. And then, you know, 4th of July rolls around and things slow down and you give me a hard time about saying that that's superstition or... or For me, July was pretty awesome. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah. And... The thing about August is it could have been awesome. Like if I, yeah, if you well, actually it is uh, like I'm out of town for three, two and a half weeks of August and I'm shooting that other week. So August is good. But after August, it's like, I don't know. It's that weird thing of like people not wanting to go out of town from LA because they're not, it's not just that you don't have work. It's that you're not here to like get work. To shake the trees as I like to say. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do you know, I I made that reel. I know we talk about it a lot, my directing reel, just like kind of on a whim. I never really mm-hmm. thought too much of it, but I still get this feedback. Like every time I get, I'm on a new job, it's like, oh, we love your, your reel. Even yeah, like people love your reel. Audrey said that the other day to us. So I just, I think it's really time for me to make a new reel. That's Oh, I that, disagree, actually. I think you should make something else new. But oh, I, well, I, I have a totally different spin on a reel. I... I think you already have a great reel yeah but it's well i need to update it regardless sure up it's like you two could years up, old add some new clips to it i would say i think you should put that energy into something new yeah i mean i guess what was what i like about my reel and what why i was thinking about that um is because my reel is an interesting example is because it literally took nobody else to make other mm-hmm. than me so that's what i need is like another piece that i can make by myself and the best way to make like a high production value thing that sells me as a director is to <laughs> or to use... do something with heavy VFX or like there's a lot of things in your toolkit that maybe you should think about a little bit more. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you didn't want to hear that. Um, <laughs> well, you don't even know my concept for my new reel. So. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. But what I'm all, the only thing I'm arguing against is, is just that you already have a great reel. Right. So if, if you were to just, that's like someone telling Tony Shu, you already did a video essay. Do something else now. If you asked me, hey, I'm feeling, I've got a little bit of time on my hands. I'm feeling a little listless. List, list. What do I need? I wouldn't say a great reel because you have that. Right. But it, it's not about listless and time on my hands and I'm trying to make a great sample. It's more like when you update your website, it's more like I want to. I want a good excuse to kind of reach out to some new people and some of the same old people. Sure. So, a, And I don't want it to be like a short film. A, a cool piece of work is the excuse, all the excuse you need to reach out to people. Right. So saying, hey, this thing is cool is all you need, right? Right. So and, I'm looking for a cool piece of work that I can make 
pretty much by myself in a week. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, but yeah, I challenge you to to think through maybe a slightly different take on the real move. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're gonna is, ignore me. So <laughs> yeah, listeners, because get my ready. take is you don't even know what it is, but it's not. It's very different than my current reel. Gotcha. It's like gotcha. an addendum to my reel. Like if you watch my reel. It wouldn't just be like the same thing, just slightly tweaked. It would be like, here is Oren's point of view on this specific thing. It's, it's like a sequel? Kind of. Okay. I, I will say, uh, past guest... Uh, wait. Did we have Ian Pfaff? We never had him on the show. No, we didn't. Um, uh, a friend of mine, Ian Pfaff, who basically got famous off of his first director's Super reel. Super cool reel. Yeah. Amazing first reel. Kept making a new reel every year and every year was not as had as, much less impactful than his first time yeah not as good isn't a fair that's not what i mean to right, say right. but yeah they're like, actually better and more produced right but, but had less impact yeah and maybe it's about um you know this leveling up idea that uh that once you've kind of leveled up with that type sure. of reel it's hard to do it again you're at yeah. that level now you gotta you're do like, oh, this is a great else. concept yeah yeah anyhow that's it Cool. Well, I can't wait to see your new reel and your new short, and I'll be so impressed that you did them both in a single week. Yeah. Pretty cool. That I just shot it. My new short is my reel. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, cool. without further ado, we are going to tell you about our Patreon. If you are bored right now, go to patreon.com slash justshootapod, and you'll find out about how you can help keep this podcast going, help us pay our editors, help you get a free hat and sticker if you donate 10 bucks even if it's just for one month yeah it's just a way to uh show your appreciation and also help the show grow uh, genuinely so much of what we've been able to do over the last two years has been thanks to uh the little bit of extra money that you guys have given us so that we're not just going out of pocket on a hundred percent of the show so um we've seen a lot of growth and the community's gotten bigger and better for it we've been able to put on new shows and reach out to bigger and better people and and just raise the profile of the show uh, without changing the mission statement or the idea of keeping it free for everyone and just reminding everyone that anyone can direct. Yeah. So just go to patreon.com slash just shoot it pod and throw us a couple bucks. We really appreciate it. And one last note I want to say is like we love hearing your questions, love feedback. We haven't been great at telling you how to contact us uh, recently. So I'm going to remind you if you email just shoot a pod at gmail.com, let us know what you think of the show, give us some feedback, ask us some questions. Even better. Drop us a voicemail. I love a good voicemail. 2626-SHOOT1. We'll put your voice on the show. That's just such a great way to get a, a better sense of who's out there, who's listening, and it's always really exciting for us. And we're going to do a Q&A episode relatively soon, so get them in. If, if, I know you've been thinking about something. You've got a question. Even if it feels too specific to your own circumstances, I guarantee it will help someone else out there who's listening and has the same question. Yeah, and even if you have a question for one of our previous guests, let us know. We will ask them. Yeah, there you go. So today we've got Zach Lepofsky, the creator of Shotlister, which is an app that helps you manage and create shot lists on the fly as you're shooting. Zach, I'd love to know, how do you use Shotlister to collaborate better with your crew? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that Shotlister does really great is we have something called Crew Sync, which basically allows you to share your shot list with everybody. And if you're feeling brave, it allows them to actually see exactly how you're doing. So, you know, Shotlister tells you you're right now you're about an hour behind or you're three hours behind or you're 30 minutes ahead. Sounds like a recurring nightmare. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, most people's instinct is to never let anyone know how they're doing. Um, but it's been my experience, and a lot of other people have said the same thing, that actually when you share that information, even with the producers, usually the producers are breathing down your neck, wanting to see how you're doing. And it, actually, when you share that information and they see that you know how you're doing and you have a plan, all they want to know is you have a plan. You know you're an hour behind and you're doing something about it. And so when you have an app that is glowing red when you're an hour behind and and you're willing to sh show it to them and you're saying, but we're going to do this, we're going to move this here and we're going to get back on schedule. I've found they actually end up leaving you alone and give you a lot more freedom because you're actually being transparent. And a lot of other people have said the same thing. It's a different way of working and you don't have to work that way, but Shotlister lets you sync it with people even in anywhere in the world. Anyone who has an internet connection can see live how you're doing. So Zach, how does Cruise Sync work exactly? Basically, anyone who has the app uh, just gets an email and they can sync to your project. You invite them just like you would invite them to a Google Doc. And you have to have what we call Shotlister Pro, which is basically our subscription service that comes with a bunch of professional features, but they don't. So anyone who is a crew member just, just needs to have the app and you know they'll be able to subscribe to whatever project you have. But Zach, what do I do if my crew doesn't have a copy of Shotlister? <laughs> we'll give them one for free! Free, you say? That can't be possible. Wait, are you serious? You're giving away free copies of the app? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, basically, we're going to give away 50 free copies every month. So all people have to do is email just shoot it pod at shotlister.com. And if we haven't given away 50 that month, we'll send uh, them one and next month we'll do it again. So forever. And what do they need to write in the email? Just let us know what platform you're on. We have Shotlister on Mac OS, iOS, Android. So just let us know which one of those you want and we'll send it to you. That's awesome. That sounds too good to be true. <laughs> Well, you have such wonderful listeners. We just want to give back. Ain't it the truth? Yeah, the real reason is that we think that once you use it, you're going to love it and you're going to tell other people about it. So, And that's what we hear from lots of people. You know, They become evangelists. Once they use it, they, they can't think of any other way of using it and they tell their DP to get it and they tell their AD to get it. So we just think, you know, we stand by the product. It's built by filmmakers and filmmakers love it. So if they get a free copy, they'll, they'll tell other people about it and uh, that's what we want. Okay, without any further ado, ready or not, we got ready or not. <laughs> so we have Matt, Chad, and Tyler here. Four Hello. syllables between all your first names. Four <laughs> syllables, lots of lots of double consonants yeah. in the last names. <laughs> Thanks for having us, guys. <laughs> sure. Well, <okay. laughs> um, the three of you made a movie uh, out in theaters now called Ready or Not. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you know this, but it's on a bus stop on Sunset Boulevard, very close to my house. Is it really? We did not know that. Oh, oh that's really? awesome. We'll, we'll drive by and get a picture. Yeah. We're making sure yeah. we drive by all the ones we can and, yeah. and get photos of them all. You and guys tagging should... the location of where the photos are taken so that <laughs> yeah. we're slowly like, geocaching the red. For real, posters. if you guys take a selfie and send it to me, I will post it. That would be super fun, right? <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Do you know, um, I have this friend, sorry, totally going off topic now, Molly. She used to After Effects herself into episodes of The Bachelor uh -huh. as like a yeah. fake Bachelorette. Oh, yeah, bachelorette. that's a fantastic I've seen those. Okay, it's Molly so Hockey. And she um, got a bus bench with yeah. her picture. Right on by it. my apartment, actually. <laughs> yeah. I took a selfie in <laughs> front of it. Great. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she would just hang out there and be like, hey, that's me <laughs> on the, on the <laughs> bus bench. So funny. Um, now she has this podcast called Spermcast, which you guys should all check out, including me. I need to listen to it. Um, <laughs> but it's she is trying to find a sperm donor. Uh, is that really? So she's just interviewing oh, yeah. different people on each episode. Yeah. Well, wow. good conversation, guys. It's called, yeah. uh, just go it's called Ready or Not. Yeah, that's so <laughs> good. Uh, well, cool. So, so, yeah, so there's a poster, which is awesome. Um, 
So tell us about you, the movie, or you guys. Yeah, give think? us a logline, and then we'll get into kind of how the three of you all work together. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Ready or Not. I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out like what the sort of briefest logline is. Um, it's about it's about a young woman who marries into an incredibly wealthy family, and on her wedding night, she's she's essentially meeting these people, this extended family, for the first time, and uh, she eventually realizes that. Um, the wedding is only part of the tradition of how to get into this family, and uh, this family is, has made all of their money in board games, and uh, she has to like play. Like creating board games. Yeah, yeah, creating board. They're sort of Parker like a Milton Bradley-level uh-huh. family. And, uh, and the only way to, for her to be truly initiated into this family is she has to play a game, and um, there's this, uh, this box that gets passed around that essentially chooses what you play, and she chooses hide-and-seek, which is the absolute worst card to draw. It's the one game you can't win. And... Um, and she goes on a, a a run to survive for for the rest of the night. She has to. She's hiding. She's hiding. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Wait, okay. Let's see, Chad. Let's see your long line. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> on the night of her wedding, a bride is forced to play a dangerous game of hide and seek. Ooh, pretty tight. Pretty boring, tight. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how, like, because I have you know titles, log lines, all that stuff. It's like marketing material, and you're always trying to make it as short and palatable as possible, but it, it's so easy to make something that sounds vague, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm working on this other show, and it's about this girl that can fly, and we're like, what about something in the air? And it's like, literally, that could describe every single totally. m- yeah. movie or show. My big pet peeve is I hate it when uh, titles are just character names. Like, drives me insane. Oh, right. Like my movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Mary Poppins? Yeah. 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 Jones, yeah. Like Mary Poppins. Yeah. yeah. Mary Poppins. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Django Unchained. Nothing good. That's his last name. Yeah. Mandy. Yeah. Mr. Unchained, I feel like they should have called him. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so ready or not, I wonder, you you get like thriller chase yeah. kind of out of that? I think right? the font also does some heavy lifting for you guys as well, right? Like you can tell it's like a little yeah. like gothic and playful. There's a sense of like horror and action to it. How involved are you guys in the font selection? Of the poster, uh, zero, zero the poster. <laughs> but the, yeah, but they showed with the poster. Yeah, but they showed it to us, uh, Searchlight, and it was the first poster they showed us is the font that now is mm-hmm. the font of the movie, um, and we all had that exact same reaction. We were like, "Oh yeah, that sells the tone. Yeah. Like it's kind of fun. It's kind of old. Like yeah." And let's still talk a, a little bit vibe. about the the tone to it, right? Because you know, the thing that maybe we're not getting in the log line is the fact that there's kind of like. Uh, so much tradition buried in this family and like they're all when they're you know hunting the bride it's with crossbows and like you know old right, like, right. old fashioned yeah. weapons and things like that right <laughs> it's not the most efficient <laughs> sure. hunting no, no, no. situation yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm so <laughs> glad there is there's okay. a beat it's not a spoiler to say there's a beat where like you make a joke of how hard it would be to actually shoot anything with a crossbow or that something. That crossbow, by the way, that prop weighed like 35 pounds. Yeah. It was <laughs> the most unwieldy, uncomfortable. Sure, it was a real crossbow? Carry. Yeah. yeah. It was like a real like medieval. Decommission. <laughs> yeah. How do you decommission yeah, yeah. a crossbow? You bolt it so you can't move it. Yeah. So yeah, it gotcha. doesn't go. So there's like a bolt in there that's, so it's Is, safe. I see. Is there a way to... um? Not to get into the minutia, but like, because you still need to like cock a crossbow. I don't know what the actual term is for it, but right. like when you pull it back. Pull yeah. it back so we yeah. had two different ones. Gotcha. So one was bolted shut and one was bolted back. So we they wouldn't fire. Is that a pain in the butt? You know, you're always yeah, like, it's oh, actually yeah. a hard thing. Shooting shooting with a, a weapon that has two stages mm-hmm. is a challenge. A lot of times you'll be like, 
in the middle of a shot. And you're like, the AD oh. will call freeze. Yeah. The prop no, guy will run on. in, swap it out yeah. with the with the other prop, and then they'll and they'll that's a visual effects shot. Yeah. There's a there's and you it's have to like a, morph. It's like what? <laughs> her, her eyelid is always disappearing. It's more about the continuity before and after, but it's a it it, it feels really simple, but it is wildly frustrating. It breaks the, the momentum. Yeah, of the it's moment a mojo killer. And, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and especially so if you're handheld too, like the camera is always there's a little life to it, and it's it's a tricky thing to do to work with props like that. And you guys had the person in charge of that is the armorer. Is that true? Was our props guy? But Charles. he was also. Yeah. But he was also. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a licensed he armorer, so stuff, he. Yeah. Yeah, knows how to. And Andy's a Canada. part-time. Yeah, Andy's a part-time DJ. Yeah. Part-time yeah. Radio <laughs> yeah. DJ. Uh, and he, but he had a hard time <laughs> getting guns into Canada. Even old oh, guns that don't work. And he would be like, "Yeah, if we want to get this basic gun, it'll take a month to get up here because." But even if it's well, they ship them from Europe. They don't actually get them but from. If, the states, but if they go through the states, yeah. Wait, but even if it's a replica, like not a real gun. Yeah, they have all their. They care about people. Not sure. shooting each other. Yeah, so, yeah. Life's more valuable. Uh, <laughs> even, but like a like a fully plastic gun. Maybe not plastic, but like the yeah. ones that are like metal. They were like, yeah, no, know, that's a can. process. Wow, cool. But, and they mold a lot of that stuff themselves. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's it's when you're getting a when you're getting something that has been de- decommissioned to be used yeah. as a prop, like the the elephant gun. Yeah, the Sam elephant gun, up. the musket loader, like all those things. You're like, I don't know if we're gonna get it in time. Like it's a musket loader. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, you were asking about you were asking about tone 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 yeah yeah, um, yeah. tone of the weapons what color <laughs> <laughs> no I mean tone was one of the big challenges with this movie because it's it's a lot of different things mm-hmm. uh, and it's what we what initially drew us to it was that it it was so many things and that from and that all oddly, one world yeah they That's were all we like. sort of the piece pieces yeah. of of something that uh, you know worked so well together as a whole. Um, but it comes down like it, just speaking very specifically about font. Sure. All of those very sure. seemingly small and insignificant choices mm-hmm. become so important when you're it, the logline is a great example. Like pitching a logline for this movie right. is so tricky because it's a thriller, but there's like this weird sort of fantasy genre element to it. There's like hard horror in it. There's right. satire and comedy. There's there's a lot of shit going on. Sure. And um, while that is 100% intentional and what we wanted, what we wanted to make, it's really tricky to sell that mix to to people, especially upfront, right? Sort of side unseen. And I feel like uh, even like looking at the marketing campaign a little bit, because I feel like for whatever reason, it was in front of your trailer was in front of like every movie I saw last month, basically. Um, Congratulations, guys. Um, and it killed a bunch of time. And it was like Toy Story 4. Yeah, Toy Story 4. (laughs) Oh, man. You All guys, the Disney movie. I did go see Midsummer, which this it, the trailer was in front of, and we were sitting next to a family, and I heard the lady very loudly say, "Wait, this isn't Toy Story four and it was because people were sitting in each other's seats, and like as your your trailer was playing, which is actually, the Red Band, right? The if Red Band trailer, <laughs> yeah. and it's like you've got like a wait, the a, Red Band trailer plays in theaners. Yeah, 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 in front of Midsummer, right? It won't so, be at Hobbs and Shaw's. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so there's like a head blown open and like this kid is like running out like with his mom <laughs> oh, like, uh, yeah, it's pretty and you brutal. guys did that for real right that was a real head oh yeah we yeah. blew yeah. up all the heads all act. yeah in I, canada no guns but you can <laughs> you blow up yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway sorry um all of which is to say though that i think the tv campaign is a little uh, I, the red band trailer is a little more horror oriented right mm-hmm. and the tv campaign is like a little more comedy oriented um and so that's an interesting thing um, to balance both from a marketing perspective and from a, a actual filmmaking perspective. 
Yeah, what's your best pitch on why someone should go see the movie? It's a fun way to spend 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think the best pitch is that we when we made it, we made it to just be a fast, fun and thrilling and thrilling experience and we think I we think we achieved that. Um we it was what was great about the script that it was this like page turner that you start and you real you, before you know it you're at the end and it's just this kind of this, and also wild the the kind of like roller coaster glue that holds that all together is the cast like they they ground all the humor they ground all the horror mm-hmm. they make it fun they they give you something to latch onto um and it's Samara of course is the I mean she was amazing. And then everyone else just really brought it to life in a way that you're able to have like these really heartbreaking moments and these really fucking absurd funny moments mm-hmm. back to back. Sure. Yeah, and I think um, the horror comedy is a hard. That's a weird mix. We don't even like it's call easy it to go comedy. to it's the like, more sort of campy, sure. campy side of things, right. especially and, in a giant mansion, right? Yeah, like yeah. it could go to Clue. Oh, really? You know yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. absolutely. But, but isn't Get Out like the most obvious? mansion horror comedy sure like reference and that's a, and that's a great comp um in terms of how grounded and how situational all of that is it's more about it's more about characters who are ill-equipped to deal with the obstacles in front of them that's sort of where the, right. the comedy comes from it's no one is like slinging funny one sure sure back and we forth actually cut all other. the jokes there were jokes like there were more you know just uh-huh. set up punchline kind of stuff are you but, serious? It, but none of it none of it even when we were shooting it was like the only stuff that was like Felt slightly off the rails. Like, yeah, it's right. not quite working. You know, it's like, it didn't fit. Right. Yeah. And then by the time we got to the edit, we were like, we don't need any of this. Like, it's yeah. it's not what makes it enjoyable. So you didn't screen it for people and then cut the jokes. You no, no, no. It's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, when when and when all of the performances in an ensemble are like clearly steering you in a direction, it becomes mm-hmm. very obvious when there is an outlier, when there's a, a line of dialogue or a beat that just feels like feels weird. Right? Yeah. And it was also based out off of performance. I mean, everybody grounded their characters so incredibly well that it, it you don't you didn't need the, the mm-hmm. setup and joke because they would deliver reactions that would just be funnier. I mean, the best example of that is the first shot of the aunt Aunt Helene played by Nikki. His last name I can never pronounce. But Bedogny. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but it, like every screening we've had of it, it's just a shot of her. Just a shot of her face. And everybody yeah, laughs. And it kills. You know, yeah, and it's totally. like one of those things where you're like, great. <laughs> I don't know why you do that. Like, that's like, wow, cool. Yeah, yeah, we did it. And we never expected that. We were like, we think that's humorous. We weren't like, uh-huh. this is going to bring the house it's down. It's not a laugh like Yeah, and, that's, and that was to audiences that, at, at previews, which we can, which are called dry screenings, because nobody's been marketed anything. Nobody's right. been told that that it's sure. also funny and you should laugh. They haven't seen the font yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you guys <laughs> don't know what they're getting into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you guys don't get to set that up at all, or like, I mean, there, or there's no one in there saying like, there hey, is. this is a horror comedy. Well, or... they give them a list of movies. Like, hey, did you guys like? escape room or did you like game night mm-hmm. or you have to you have like seen a certain number a on cer- the comp, yeah right? exactly uh, there's, there's like a list of movies that give you and like if you are into those uh-huh. then this one will be a good one for you to come and oh really and to that end they let us kind of call that list a little bit yeah, yeah. they sent us like 15 and we were like that one's too you know it might have been like hereditary might have been on it uh-huh. we were like it's this is not it's that not proud. Right. Yeah, you yeah. know what i mean and then like at the other end it might be well game night stayed on I game night we took red off what did we take off? Greta. Greta was on there. Yeah, that, that trailer I can't even Split, get through. It's like off. so gnarly. Yes, yeah, Split, Split we took off. Yeah. yeah. And they... Um, Game Night's an interesting you, comp, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. When you say they, you mean Fox Searchlight? Yeah. Yes, Fox Searchlight. They. So this is... Fox <laughs> Searchlight, yeah, and Screen Engines. Screen Engine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who, yeah, who, who, who runs, runs the, yeah. the previews. So we've got a trio here. I need to know how these guys got together, right? 
we started working together long before this project uh, came to us. We've been we've been working together for ten years now. Wow. Um, as what? As a collective? As a collective, yeah. I mean, yeah. we I, I, we sort of created our own film school. Essentially, I we we, started we basically making all projects, failed yeah. at <laughs> making shit mm-hmm. when we moved out here. Honestly, right? Where did you guys? I come mean, from? like we all moved out here to be different things, and then and I, you didn't know each other before you. We got didn't here. know each other, and we were doing the kind of more traditional route of like, what's that? Like, I want to be uh, insert director, actor, writer, producer, whatever. What it did is. you want to be, Matt? I wanted to be a writer. And did you go to film school? And uh, yeah, I mean, I went to Santa Cruz Film School, which. Sure. I love I love no Santa grade. Cruz. I love film school, but that's you know yeah, in the nineties sure. that was like yeah, sure. someone is not getting an invite to speak to the students. Yeah, go go banana slugs. <laughs> no, go Santa banana Cruz slugs. loves they love negative feedback. It's a, it's, it was like a that. all of all the classes were very, you know about like your personal internal story, mm-hmm. and I'm like I like Indiana Jones. Yeah, you sure. Know? So it was like, but there was a small group of us there that all had that same kind of mentality, and then we all started working together and having fun. Right. You went to film school because you love yeah Back to the Future and those. Yeah, I didn't go because I liked art house movies you know with no disrespect just they weren't my thing when i was a fucking teenager but you went like, to kind of an art house sort of school yeah, I did. yeah it was all like san francisco art house right right yeah folks but at least clothing was optional uh oh yes it was <laughs> clothing was optional did you know that for real yeah and you, there's no grades right or grades were optional there, probably I, when you I were there they there were transitioning now, but when i was there there were no you could get grades, but the only people that would get them were people in like the sciences. Right. So people who wanted to go nerd, to med school, yeah. basically. I or did something. not get grades. I got like, Matt like a review. good. <laughs> Matt tried his best. Yeah, I didn't know that. all we can expect. Yeah, no grades. Amazing. I didn't get any grades in college. Yeah. I got I, the, the classes that I'm were I'm not sure what that more, says about you, but I feel like a piece of you just came into focus. Right, yeah, yeah. I, don't yeah. what, I don't know what it was. <laughs> but not giving a fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, long um, story short, moved to LA and then like, you had been out there earlier doing cinematography. I'm talking to Tyler, Tyler right now. Yeah. And then Chad moved out to act. Yeah. And then your first night out, we met in an acting class. Yeah. My was, very first night in LA. So I was literally like, your very first. My very first night. So I was. You were already signed up for classes? I, I was staying in San Diego with a uh-huh. friend. Cool. And um, driving up, trying to find an apartment every day. And uh, during that time, I was like, I need to take acting classes and just to get into something. So I got into an acting class. And the day I signed my lease, I went to a, an acting class that night. I sat down in the back row next to Matt. That is wild. And did you go to drama school? Or I anything? didn't. No, no. I, I did a lot of theater in college and throughout. And then I was in Pittsburgh doing acting and voice commercials and stuff like that. And I just made the move out and didn't know anyone Ooh. out here. He's like, all I need yeah. to do is move to California. Just go. You end yeah. up in San Diego. Yeah. You're like, oh, this audition is three and a half hours away. <laughs> yeah, really far. Just handing yeah. acting jobs out on the street corner. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Matt and I met uh, met at New Line. Um, my first job out in LA was Mine as too. an assistant. Yeah, working for working for a production executive there. And Matt was an office assistant there. And yeah, I guess he had cool. said, you guys get those jobs? Just like Craigslist or a UTA job I, list or something? I, I just sent resumes to every place that I wanted to work, and I got an interview with HR And this HR is like there. around 2000? This later? was, I graduated high school in 2000, so I was, yeah, 2000, He's 2001. He's the kid of the group. Yeah, 2001, I was, I was in LA. Oh, you didn't go to film school or anything? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I did. I, I, went, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I went to school. I went to film school at, uh, at the University of Arizona, so I was out in 2005. I came to okay. LA in 2005. Oh, me too. And I was and, out here in um, 2000. And it was, it was, it was, it wasn't Craigslist, but it was like fucking maybe Craigslist. I don't know. I had a friend, Mandy. one of my roommates com. at the time who applied for the job to be mailroom guy at New Line, decided he's like, I don't, I don't want to do it. 
but you should do it. So I was like, cool. And I submitted and then. And it's just you and Tarantino there, there working like the mail. <laughs> yeah. Met my wife there. Like, Oh, really? Yeah. And my first job there, I, I started working in their asset library. This was when they were still shooting a ton of stuff on film. And I was in charge of barcoding all of the assets. So the, I, it's uh, a basement job is what it, I like to call 100%. it. One hundred percent. We were doing the glamorous worked, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Barcoding and delivering mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool though. That why one of my coolest early Hollywood stories was going to Iron Mountain, which is that giant building on oh. the corner of Highland and Santa Monica. And that is that is a temperature controlled storage unit where all of the film studios keep their like most precious right. original. Like there's no assets. windows or anything. No windows or anything. Yeah. And the cool history about that building, the it has a freight elevator that's large enough that you can drive a car onto it. And they used to it was a speakeasy back in the day. They had these like huge oh, wow. raging, raging drinking parties during the Prohibition era. Uh, at Not as cool when you're doing it there alone. No, no. <laughs> But um, yeah, getting to go there and like see the original negative for Lord of the Rings and Magnolia and all of these movies that I loved so dearly, which was the reason I you know wanted to work at New Line in the first place. But um, and then interviewed eventually for a job working for this this production executive, and for some reason she <laughs> she She's took a chance on me. Yeah, and um, yeah, and I and I went from that from that job to a camera assistant job on Semi Pro, the Will Ferrell movie, and that was right around the time that we all started. Yeah, we all started working together. I remember when they asked me what, why I wanted to work at New Line. You just sparked this, and they were like, "So why do you want to work at New Line?" And I'm fresh out of college. I don't, you know, I'm like, "Cause I want a job, and you guys are cool. I need money." And they, yeah, and and I like literally like New Line, and I was like, "I like New Line because," and they're like, "Well, why?" And I was like, "Well, you guys made Friday and Pump Up the Volume and Nightmare on Elm Street, so yeah, sure. I guess that's why I want to work here and deliver (laughs) mail for like a decade." (laughs) But yeah. I forgot all about so so you guys have all met you're hanging out in los angeles together um when does the idea to form sort of a collective come to be and how does that first manifest i don't i wonder if it i don't know if we knew what it was going to be back in its early stages i think that we all shared we all we all shared a love for the same kind of tone of of projects and, and we got our start um yeah friday making, and friday the 13th or Nightmare Friday. on Elm Street. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Pump up the volume Nightmare on Elm Street on yeah. Friday. I mean, into one. Kind of, right? Yeah, which is honestly, I mean, those are that's that's sort of the Venn diagram of those movies is yeah. actually a pretty good really idea of what we that. love. And um, we got our start making these these crazy choose your own adventure stories on on YouTube. Well, and this also, was early early days of YouTube. Yeah, and I would say too that there's something that I think we still take with us today is it was just this sense of like, well, we can go do it. Like, and this gets back to us saying earlier, like, we all kind of failed is maybe not the right word, but learned from our other more traditional trajectories. We're like, like, I remember talking to you, Chad, and being like, because we, we were in an acting class, which I was only in because my then girlfriend, now wife, was like, hey, the writing thing is cool and that's great. You want to do it, but maybe like expand you really your knowledge. Make money. And, well, no, it was literally like, <laughs> go, learn, go, learn, go yeah. learn the rest of it. You know what I mean? Go learn acting, directing. Go learn everything. So Sounds like a keeper. It'll go. Yeah, well, we got married. <laughs> there you go. But uh, but it was like go learn other shit, which is why I got in the acting class with Chad. But then we were in there and we were like, well, now we're just in here doing this thing, and it occurred just one day, like let's just go shoot our own stuff. And like what Tyler, you were saying, it was the beginning of YouTube, so we were all able to get together and be like. You're like, we know how to write, we know how to act, we know how to deliver Yeah, we know mail. how to do all these like, yeah. other things. Let's go make stuff. We or, we or we know enough about all of them. Right. And I think that's why, ultimately, yeah. it worked. We got totally. together and it was like, oh, you're good at this thing. I'm just I'm just a little better, so mm-hmm. like, let's push each other there. I mean, it was this yeah. weird where, where suddenly all of our 
all of our weaknesses sort of fit oddly with everyone else's 100%. strengths. And it became this, it became this like soup to nuts film school yeah. experience where we were doing everything from like the sound mixing to the, the shooting, to the writing, to the mm-hmm. acting. I mean, it was this to go into Ralph's to get groceries yeah, for everybody yeah. that was working. Yeah. And there wasn't, all and it wasn't about, it wasn't about title. It wasn't about, Oh, I do this. This is my specialty. It, it was, was the like, opposite. It was like, we never even. Yeah. Right. But who's like buying the camera? Well, it's funny you even ask because like some like Tyler was some it was always like on these sets it would be like Tyler's cinematographer like Chad and I are acting and it's almost as if there is not a director if that makes sense oh because we're all like sure. kind of like all right we gotta go do this go do this okay we're gonna be over here doing this and you're over I'm here holding doing that, the device right? that's capturing uh-huh. it so I this, can say if it's in focus or if somebody yeah, needs to walk a different way to to be in right, frame and right. a but yeah. it's not the same singular title that no not like, at all like, no one's in charge there's no, no auteur <laughs> it's honestly it's yeah, no one's in charge <laughs> but, it, but there's it's, <laughs> I, mean, I meant that yeah. in like a good way <laughs> well we work together so hard getting it there and this gets back to doing everything is we're writing it and we're figuring mm-hmm. out where to shoot we're location scouting it together we're doing literally everything so that it just becomes this kind of natural like cool now we're gonna go do the thing okay now we're doing the thing and, and you know almost, when you got it and when you haven't you know when yeah. it's working and when it's not because right. you've all been Aiming right. at the same target for right. such a long period. and working together so much that at a certain point it's a hive mind, right? Like 100%. you don't, you're not even speaking to each other quite the same way. Like that, going, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. gestures and grunts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. You had yeah. your, came up with that click language. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like, we, um, we have the what the fuck are you doing language, <laughs> <laughs> right? Just and so head nod says everything. Yeah. So what's the first paid gig that you guys get as a what's trio? that? Define that. Uh, it's called ready or not. The first that. paying gig we got was we got asked to do a um, a branded thing. Yeah, branded stuff for Axe Shampoo. So okay, so you get so now you guys have like a production company. Uh, yeah, technically, I guess you could call it that. Like we, we got did, like now present day or after that. Yeah, like when you're doing the all time, this branded right. stuff. Yeah, I think that we had a, we got an office space. Yeah, I mean we were trying to treat it as much like a real. Real like, job. Like a real buying job. some equipment, writing off stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're yeah. Some that way. We had an LLC first. You have a website, we, and MySpace we had, like, a corporation page. And, sure. Yeah, websites and stuff like that. Go to YouTube and MySpace. And yeah, MySpace. so in between that we were first Chad, Matt, and Rob. That was a what, what? Chad, Matt, and Rob was the name of the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I remember now. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah, CMR. Um, CMR. Uh, sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. So in between those days and ready or not like you guys are paying the bills doing branded stuff and then it kind of just grows from there how just barely uh no we haven't done any other branded stuff that was the only branded thing we've ever done right am i wrong yeah no that's it <laughs> oh that was the end that was it it was just one yeah <laughs> we did it once and we were like okay cool and then... Oren almost did a spit take there <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no that's that... the only thing we've ever done that's uh yeah, that was yeah. anything and it was it was a it was fun and we kind of felt like we which I feel like we think about a lot of our projects. We're like, how did someone let us do that? Like, uh, but then the next thing we did was VHS. Well, no, we shot another short, this thing called uh, Mountain Devil Prank Fails Terribly, Fails Horribly. And uh, Didn't make any money on it, though. No, we just shot Not it. A and we shot it for like 50 bucks. On like we a did, Friday night. And we did, we did the treasure hunt, which we got a, oh, right, the treasure a, hunt was a nominal, that. which is another interactive adventure yeah. that we got a nominal fee from uh, from Fremantle to produce and release That's on right, their site. That. It was more of a licensing deal than it was mm-hmm. like, hey, here's a production budget. We didn't get paid for it, though. We just got like... It was like a couple thousand dollars for production costs. Basically, we got like nine grand, right? And, uh, yeah. yeah, and their, their production insurance. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, so we got nine grand to shoot a 40-minute interactive but adventure. VHS, <laughs> VHS was the next like paying that, job. That's the big next big thing. Yeah. And, that's, and, and did Travis produce that? No, Travis Stevens, uh, Brad Miska, Roxanne Benjamin, and Gary Minko. Okay. Do you guys know Travis Stevens? We do. Didn't, yeah. didn't he? Did he? I thought he was involved in VHS somehow. No. 
If he was, we didn't know. I think Maybe he was involved sequels. in the sequels. Yeah, we were uh, only yeah, involved yeah. in the first. Gotcha. Yeah. And so... Uh, we die in the first one, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you don't even care about the other right. ones. Um, awesome. Well, so uh, let's go ahead and let's... And, well, some, sorry, VHS, let's just stop for one second because it's... Sorry, I didn't realize you guys had directed one of those. But so that's an anthology, like a horror yeah. anthology. Um, and that does that kind of put... And I think that did way better than anyone expected, right? Like by probably far. when you so when you yeah, got that far. job, you probably thought this kind of like a low budget thing. Hundred right? percent. Yeah. We had no idea. We had no idea what it was going to be. We mm-hmm. were brought on very late in the process. We had, I think yeah. we had like eight weeks to to write and produce and finish. shoot and yeah. finish the thing. And uh, we were sitting. We were eating burritos at Yucca's on is it Hillhurst? Yeah. 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 And <laughs> got a call that it got into Sundance, and, and we were just like, uh, "What? What did? What got yeah. into? What got into like, Sundance? What did? Yeah. Oh, that, really? <laughs> You're like getting excited for a friend. You just don't know. Yes, who exactly. Yet. <laughs> you have the wrong number. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I mean, it was such a wild experience to get to go and screen that. So, uh, for the listeners who don't know, VHS basically is a horror anthology, right? So, a number of different directors or collectives are all doing small vignettes. Yeah, there were basically. like four or five in the original. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of people came out of it too. Adam Wingard, who's doing the new um, King Kong versus Godzilla movie. Uh, David Bruckner, who did The Pact. Uh, Glenn McQuaid, who did I, I Sell the Dead. Joe Swamberg, who makes 50 Everything. movies a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then us, right? Ty West. And to, oh, and Ty West. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Solid. And Simon Barrett wrote the wraparound. Right. And when you got it, was it off of, so you hadn't made any movies or anything? Well, it was no. that Mountain Devil prank thing that we were mentioning earlier. We sent that to Brad Misco, who's the producer, and he runs Bloody Disgusting, that website. I don't know if you guys right, know. Yeah, yeah. And he, he runs it, so we sent him a fake email being like, hey, man, you should check this out. You know, thinking he might like, you, you didn't, you didn't it was, know. It was him. a real email, but it was Matt being a 12 year old girl. Or yeah. Like that. yeah. It was, you know, <laughs> hey, man, you got to promote, too much too promote much how you can promote. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, yeah, so we sent him this fake email, and then he wrote back being like, I really like it. Like, did you make it? Uh, no, of course not. But I can put you in touch with big long dance so, for bullshit. He's a long con. <laughs> you have like a fake email address and Made stuff. Made a fake yeah, email yeah, address gotcha. to send it to him. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because it's now like the internet is just all about self-promotion, you know, which mm-hmm. is funny because we don't really participate in it because we're not good at it. And then it wasn't so much. It was much more about just like, hey, look, right. I did a thing, you know. Yeah, sure. That's when you'd have to lie to someone about meeting your girlfriend on Craigslist. Right. And be like, oh, no, I'm online dating now. Yeah, it's before all of that. I <laughs> um, mean, it was just a different, it's, it's weird. You kind of forget, but it wasn't about like, look at how I am this great person. Yeah, I hope even people buy it. Right. The YouTube stuff, I didn't want to wax nostalgic about it, but it was a different time in totally. terms of just like Completely. being excited about making a thing and like that not feeling, feeling like an opportunity, right? Yeah. It was yeah. before it was place vlogging or conspiracy theory. And when or something went stuff. viral, it was like the most incredible thing. It was like, oh my God, yeah. people are watching what? my thing. And now yeah. people say, views? let's create a viral video. And it's like, no guys, that the viral is the consequence of making sure. something, not the right. thing that you make. It's, it's a very different. There was also no yeah. pressure. We were just like, let's go make essentially shorts. Right. And, and then now there's watch. a place to put yeah. them and people can watch them. Right. Fantastic. Now I'm not worried about some festivals. Right. Let's not worry about the bandwidth uh, fees we have to pay for our website. None of the not, time uh, files. Nothing. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, so on VHS, you're also kind of all directing and running the show together. 
Same process. It was the exact same. Running yeah. around like crazy people. Tyler had the camera literally the strapped was to his I was, head. I was a character in that mm-hmm. yeah. in that project. I was the nanny cam, so I was shooting the project, but I was also acting in it. It was a very yeah. And weird... Justin, who we used to work with, was kind of holding the monitor behind you. And it was more about he was he was monitoring things for visual effects. He was our visual effects artist mm-hmm. who um, is still a very good friend of ours, but did I mean all of our early all of our yeah. early VFX. Uh, but it was a, I mean, it was as rinky dink like you know sure. diy hang out they with gave your friends. us i remember 30 grand to shoot it what'd you shoot on hvx no it have. was a sony, oh, sony. handy cam because it was yeah. head mounted it was actually mounted to my my head oh, we wow. had to find something that was shot shot hd so that we mm-hmm. could do the effects that we needed to do but was small enough that we could build a, a headband. It's like a to... little burrito, basically. Exactly. Yes, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's and then the one that. Oh no! 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 It's cut to. <laughs> and so, what it happens when you disagree on something? We stare at each other and go, "Are you serious? <laughs> you fucking you, kidding me right like, now?" <laughs> well, we it's have nice debates all the time. I mean, there's like three the... of you too, though, right? Yeah. So, like, there's a tiebreaker at least, right? Yeah, but it's funny. It's like we don't always go by that. It's more. If you believe strongly in something, it's everyone who doesn't agree with you's job to, or if, if we all believe in something differently, it's like, well, let's really have the conversation. Convince mm-hmm. me. Like, yeah, yeah. Convi- we're happy. And if you, and if you can convinced, convince me and, like, and then, and I, and it's the better idea, great. And yeah, yeah. oftentimes it's, it's not neither. either idea that if, if yeah. you know, two right. of us are digging oh, in. It's usually a third that thing that's a like discovery. Right. It took a few years to get there. But once we were like, oh, let's just walk away. And yeah. come back and brainstorm yeah. again. Uh, I love the compromise. And I, w- I really want to p- talk about that for a second, though, because I think that's really incredible. I think that the opposite of like auteur theory, right, or just like I think when you're a young filmmaker, you think like, well, I have to have vision. We talk about that on the show all the time. Right. Like Looking vision holes being like Wes Anderson. Or yeah, it, it being misleading to people, right? That that be, having vision and being a dictator aren't the same thing. Yeah, right. We, we never buy into any of that, to be honest. Like we don't buy into it on set the way some people talk about actors like they're fucking pieces of shit and you're sure. like what your movie sucks if your actors aren't good right. so like chill out and it's that whole thing of like manipulate you hear it all the time with like actors especially people manipulating actors like or you can just talk to them like human beings how much you smart. trust yeah that they're that they're, they're at their jobs yeah. and you, you, and you have an to tr- and, and building that trust which we have to do amongst each other and then also amongst the cast and the crew that's that's the foundation of everything but i guess it's not i, I think we it's not really about being nice or mean or respectful or not. It's about are all the ideas coming from one person, you know, mm-hmm. and I, or not. And I think you watch some, you know, a Tarantino film or you watch like The Witch or you watch like these movies and you're like, oh, this person's a genius, right? Because they, everything flows from them the way they decide to do the wardrobe or the voiceover or the camera, yeah. you know, the shot list or the casting. Um, but then, you know, the more you talk to people, the more you realize, like, actually, no one. No, no. And there are absolutely like any project is the is just the cumulative effect of a bunch of different choices that get made. But I think what you learn really quickly, especially if you're making something like at a, on a studio level, that you're not doing your job if you're not hiring people who are. Better, better than you at everything that is that the only way for you to succeed is to surround yourself with these department heads who are far more effective at doing their jobs and being creative than, than you ever will be and the people that don't the people that try to take credit for the outcome of something are I, you you steer the ship and and you obviously make the final choice but and there are so many variables sucks, sure like it does i mean 
Yeah, and I'm assuming there's some things like one of you probably cares more about wardrobe and another 100%. one more about lenses or before, you know. I would say we, I, I don't know. I, I would say that we care about them all equally, but we, we trust each other to take more ownership of them in the process, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there are specialties, you know. Yeah. I, I've always, as, as coming up with the camera and always being the cinematographer, like that, the yeah. sort of technical side of the But like, directing. I care deeply about the look of the movie. It's not like, yeah. like I don't care exactly. about it. It's like, I care, yeah. like, I, you've probably heard me bitch more than anything about like, it doesn't look good, it doesn't look good, you know? And you're probably being like, why are you driving me crazy with this nonsense? You know what I mean? And yeah. it's the same way. Same with the cast. With like, the cast, yeah. like, it's like, Do why this, isn't that working? And I'm like, I'm working on it. It's like, you know, it's... And that, that, that conversation is what we love and it's what makes it, and it's not just the three of us, it's our department heads, it's our AD, it's everybody. Like, And these conversations aren't happening on set. Like this in is, in front of everybody, these are, the, for us, the process is about, is about like creating, honestly, I think it's about finding these points of friction as early as possible and prep mm-hmm. so that when we do show up on set, You're there's right. a really cohesive idea of what we're, what we're going off to do. And then if, if, problems arise or if we need to solve something creatively the target is really clear because yeah, we sure. all had a super super concise 100%. conversation yeah. about what we're trying everything. to achieve yeah it yeah. just well, it really is what it's really what like allows us to get to set and you know because we we've haven't worked with like larger larger budget budgets per se like so relatively. we have to be relatively yeah so we Huge have to like fly through days it was and, ready like, or not your, moving. your biggest no um no it wasn't devil's due was by about thirty percent. And was that what studio? Did that was Twentieth Century Fox. Okay. Yeah. Are they that's not familiar with them? But yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, I want to go back a little bit actually because I think what you guys are talking about about prep and all of that makes a ton of sense. But I'm curious because there's three of you. That's unorthodox. It's unorthodox even for our podcast, right? Yeah, it was. We are sharing. Yeah, it was five of us back in the <laughs> Is day. Is that right? Wow. Are you serious? CMR. Days. How many things did we do that were five? Oh, there was five. <laughs> treasure hunt. Treasure hunt. Teleporter. And teleporter. Yeah. yeah. That's why. Birthday, birthday party. And birthday party. Yeah. yeah. We did three projects. Yeah. As a, as and a Mountain Devil. And Mountain Devil. We did four, four projects as a fivesome. Yeah, that is yeah. not a lonely island. Well, can we? I want to know, like, when you're starting a project and you're meeting actors and all this stuff right like or or any anyone who's used to one maybe two people how do you uh, acclimate them like what what what's the, those early days like what we are they have like? this conversation and we tell them what we do and we're like listen you can rely on us to always be prepped we're always gonna have a point of view we're always gonna know what we want but we're also gonna be open to what you feel is not mm-hmm. working or is working or could work better or whatever and and then when we get to actual the nuts and bolts of being on set, mm-hmm. we delineate. So it's uh-huh. like you don't have to worry about so getting one thing for me and one thing from someone else or vice versa. You know what I mean? It's like and, and we also are very careful to be like when that does happen. These are things that have happened before where it's like maybe I say something that like one of you guys is like, why the fuck did you say that? You're wrong. But we won't. It's like it's like being in front of a kid. You're like, let's not do this in front of a kid. Right. Not, I'm not saying actors. Like kids. <laughs> you guys are whispering like, behind like a, a monitor. And I have to do yeah, with my yeah. wife sometimes yeah. to be like. Let's handle this. I, I, I got to disagree with what you're doing right now, but we can't have this fucking debate now, and we can't because then you confuse people, and it get just goes off the rails mm-hmm. quickly. It's like, but it, but approaching a project as a group actually oddly invites invites people in in a different way. I think that um, maybe maybe at first blush it feels like it'd be hard to know or figure out what something is, but because it's a collaboration from the start, we we're bringing yeah. that to the process from from jump. It allows. There's space. There's space in the dialogue for more voices, and I think one of the things we're most proud of is all the stuff that we work on, the crews that we that we bring together, 
that's kind of our true north. Like, can we work with this person? Are they are they down for the cause? Is it going to be fun? Like, are we gonna are we gonna have a, a collaborative experience? And we've designed teams on all of our projects that I think are as as the, the 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 creation of the of the machine that creates the movie is as important to us as the thing that we the movie that we create. And I think that we've that's that is a, like such a goal for us. Mm-hmm. And being a group has I think really creates a tone and an atmosphere that mm-hmm. allows for for that to be what yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about ready or not. There's th- there's a group of you, a collective. How do you make a shot list? We don't. No. <laughs> Collectively. Yeah. Honestly, we, we, we sit with the DP. Uh, we we all have input on on how it should look. And and by the and time we this, sat with Brett, our, our DP on this movie, Brett Jukowitz, who is one wonderful, wonderful he's DP. Great. Um, we had lived with the script. Sweet hands. <laughs> yeah, his nickname, who was given to him by the set deck, right? Yep. Yeah. Sweet hands. Sweet <laughs> hands. Out of the blue, she calls it out across the set. Everybody, <laughs> set, set of 60 people, right. all laughing in unison at our, at our DP being called Sweet Hands. Um, we had lived with it for so long. And and honestly, had worked with the script for so long with Guy and Ryan, the writers, that and it's it was the Ryan Murphy, right? No, it's not. Ryan Christopher Murphy. Oh, I thought the other Ryan Murphy was not. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the Ryan Murphy, that guy who does all the yeah, FX yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was we had gotten it to a place by the time we sat with Brett that it it was so clear in our minds yeah. what it what it was. I think it was more about opening up the conversation mm-hmm. for him. And allowing him to sort of step in and add and add his ideas um, than it was us arguing about we thought the and he had a really you know one of the things like when we were interviewing DPs we loved Brett's work he was a hail mary I mean he was like the we were like going into fucking production and did not have a DP and we were like ah which movie pre production which movie of his like made you fall in love with him uh, there was the what's the one the 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 college one. He did a hand. He's done a. He's done What's a. What's that called? The well, he shot with the connection. Yep, yeah. he shot with this the Safdie brothers, yeah. who were fans of. Um, and he did a movie, Them That Follow, which is which also comes out August. Um, yeah. Yeah. His doc work too, because he did great doc work, so that was kind of nice. But he had that thing where like you just watch his footage and you go like, ah, this guy gets it. Like things feel real, things feel alive. Like it's it's the stuff that we've always liked. It's 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 similar to like Tyler what you used to do. And there's like this great feeling to it where you're like, oh right, you can capture what we want, which a lot of people can't because we are not fans of like long lock offs and like just really traditional shooting because we kind of developed our own style. And But when we were interviewing people before Brett, one of the things that I think kept bumping the three of us was we kept talking to people who kind of didn't have a point of view. And they were like, you know, I'm there to service right. the movie and do sure, this. And we're like, sure. that's great. And that's, there's sure we all are. Like, I can do it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but we kind of were like looking for someone who's like, well, I have a really strong point of view, just like we do. And then we can talk about it. And I was, I mean, I feel like we found that with Brett. And so do you guys literally sit there with like a laptop open and a Google Doc or something? Literally, yes. And you're like, okay, scene one, shot one. We thought we'd open on a close-up. We we started shot listing. We actually started shot listing late because Brett was a late hire. We were in prep. There's a, I mean, prep is just super intense on on any feature. There's a million departments and scouts, and you're looking at props, and then you're pulled into a VFX, you know, meeting. There's just so much going on that we. It was all shot listing was done after hours, and we sat at this restaurant called District 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 District. on King Street, and just the four of us and the schedule, and we we shot listed. We were we were. Now, I wouldn't say behind, but we were we were racing Brett towards production. We were <laughs> so we were shot listing based on what we were shooting next. It was a it was a okay this weekend so you we're had shot listing the next. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
And it was Which I remember, is a huge right. part of that shot listing, by the way, like knowing our locations, the way that we've always worked, we've worked in practical locations and we let so much of what sure. what's available to us dictate how we yeah. how we shoot it and where the camera's gonna be. It's actually I would say unless you have the money and the time to do a stage build, shot listing before you have locations is like kind of always iron to a certain extent. But do you think that the way you film a movie like is relevant? Like um like if you're like, oh, oh, we want to do a lot of close-ups, or we want to do real sweeping wide, like that. There, you're kind of like, do you have an approach when you're making the shot list that is? Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. And we also had a big we between us. We put together a list of like you know influences and like things mm-hmm. that we like screen grabs and things like you that. You have a philosophy already, and that kind of we have a philosophy. That, yeah. We have comps. Where uh-huh. We're like these are, and it and it wouldn't be like the whole movie. A lot of it, times it'd be like this part of that movie we really like this part, and so we gave those all to Brett, which he then. I believe illegally downloaded and watch all of like in a weekend. <laughs> uh, w- can you give us any examples for Ready or Not? Like of like a, I remember, a few Keystone pieces. I remember the neon cross and seven kept coming up just when you go in John Doe's apartment, just mm-hmm. as a like yeah, this really dark world, and here's this pop of color. Kind we of looked at a lot of the Gosford Park. Gosford Park. Oh, Gosford that's Park. funny. That's yeah. a really funny. Yeah. Pull. Yeah, Magnolia that's great. was a big sure. one. The way the camera moves yeah. through through sure. spaces in that uh, uh, Fight Club. There was sure. a lot. Mm-hmm. The car crash stuff in Fight Club was was a touchstone for us. Um, good time. We talked about it a lot. We had just seen Good, good Time, time a few months before we went into pre production, and we were like that that sense of like urgency and life that that movie has. We were like that that while the movie's nothing like Good Time. Sure, it's. But that's the kind There's of a stuff sensibility. We were going for. Yeah, like yeah. that sensibility we loved. Which but I, maybe right. pissed Brett good off. Good time since captured good dawn really well too, which kind of was very important for us to have, like a good dawn moment. Uh-huh. Like when you know you've been up all night doing things you probably shouldn't have. Sure. The way that morning feels is like you always have this like it's a different feeling. I don't mm-hmm. know, um, just from all night parties and stuff. Like Called that. feeling but, like shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, good time nailed that, and we use it. So real quick, can we touch on how you guys got the got the job? Because you didn't write the movie. No, it's, and it's a studio film. <clears throat> yeah, right? we um, we got sent a draft of Ready or Not when it was called Family Ritual, probably six, six, seven, six or seven years ago, and it had been a project that um, so Guy and Ryan through, through your agents or how, yes, yeah, gotcha. through through our reps and um, and Guy and Ryan are good friends with uh, with Jamie Vanderbilt, who's one of the producers on the movie. They went to they went to film school together, and so they had been developing this script with with Trip and Jamie. And we did not attach to the project at that time. We loved it, but they were going down the road with another with another director. And I think they were we not, not attached. We were not allowed. We were to not attached. We were <laughs> not given the job. Can we hold on? Can we yeah. talk about that sure. process real quick? I, I want to make sure. But you guys are saying you guys weren't famous enough. Is that what you're saying? No, no. We just you we didn't even meet on. We didn't get the job. Yeah, we didn't just, meet on. Yeah, it. Were, I don't. But I don't think. I don't oh, think right, it wasn't right, that we didn't meet on it. We didn't meet on it. We didn't get the job. We read it. Somebody and we we showed interest. And by the time we had shown interest in it, they had they had started talking to another. You know, they got a take from a director that they liked enough to you know develop it further with with them. And because I think that's valuable for people to hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you guys, you won. You made the movie. We talked to Jamie and Trip recently, like after the movie was done being shot, might have still been in post, and they were like, "Well, one of the reasons we ended up." hiring you guys was because when you came back when we sent the script back to you you were just like yes we'd love to do it and there was no like sense of bitterness we're like uh-huh. well you didn't give it to us last yeah, time how, how, yeah. which we of course wouldn't have because we were like it's a great script like yeah. we'd love to do it but in terms of attaching to things i actually think that what happened the first time we read ready or not happens a lot where you're you're just a part of a you're a part of a pool of people that read you're the same the material yeah. right yeah. and 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 oftentimes they have a sort of favorite range or they have a, a few names 
but they also have to have backups because it's there's so many variables. It's so fucking hard right. to get a movie made that you can't just commit to one person and think that's right. you know. But on the how do you get on this list that they send scripts to? This this was after VHS, so we had VHS out. We were just probably finishing up Devil's Due, and so we had an agent at CAA, and I think it was like it kind of trickled the whole way down to mm-hmm. us on the list and. Uh, so that that's basically how we got it on the list. So from doing the indie stuff, from doing the other shorts that we did to get to the point where like, oh, cool. Like maybe these guys will respond to this. So like out of Sundance, you get an agent. Pretty yes. Much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We had been, I think we were hip pocketed by at Brillstein, our, our mm-hmm. management company uh, going into going into VHS. And then after once it goes to Sundance. And you become like valuable. I mean, that's that's just the way that that works. Sure. You have to be of value, and you have to, to prove have your own value, you which to, we agree yeah. with. It yeah. feels like shit when you're in it, but you're also like, well, that's the point. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. exactly what you got. It's a business transaction, and and you know we have great relationships. We've had great relationships with all of our with all of our reps, and that's important to us. But it is it's business. They they serve they sure. serve your team, you know, in a certain way, and and um, but yeah, we we this it, it, when we first got it. I mean, it was just it was one of many scripts that you know agents send out to people that uh most that of they which want you kind of know you're never going to get anyway you know like yeah it's but how hard, i guess how much time are you investing in each one of these scripts are you getting together are you like oh this this is how i no, would shoot this no it's, no we call we call call them down pretty quickly it's usually like i'd say out of maybe 10 scripts there's probably like two that are that that are interesting and and they're that we respond to kind of tonally and based on that it's it's we will take a meeting on meeting on them. And if we jive with the producers and it feels like, you know, there's a development path, it's going to be fun and interesting and not a total headache. Just to push that for a second. It's like the, the movies we get involved with, we always love to know that they're going to get made. Like, like that realistically there's a chance, you know, Mm -hmm. because one of the things we hate is just getting, because we don't come from that. We come from, Hey, let's go grab $5 and make it. Sure. So the thought of being like, we're going to work on this for 10 years is like, why? Just let's make the fucking movie or not. Like, which yeah, a lot of people, is funny because then Ready or Not yeah, took, took like forever four years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people collect baseball cards. It's like they try to attach right. to like six things and there's a slate. And that's just never really been our our style because we are. The goal is always to make, right. to go and make the thing. And, you, and you think that's because of your digital background, basically. I think so. yeah. 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 It's like instant gratification. You get used to it. Well, and also because yeah. you don't, you get used to not asking for permission is something we always talk about. It's like, if we write something that we want to shoot, then we go shoot it. Mm-hmm. And that's right. it. Yeah. There's no and, one to talk to. And, and, right. and yeah, and so then, you know, obviously as our careers get better, we have to, you know, Finance adjust yeah, so sure. that. That's yeah, yeah there were, were growing pains with yeah. that. Yeah, like, for sure. Because there's obviously, we now have to ask for permission to do certain things and there's a machine. For like everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's where the name Radio Silence kind of came from, too, because like when we were doing the YouTube things, we did meet a lot of people and everybody was like, hey, we'd love to work with you. And like, all right, cool. We have this cool idea. And then we would follow up and be like, hey, do you want to do this or not? Sure, sure. And we wouldn't hear back and it'd be like, oh, Radio fucking Silence. Yeah, yeah. That's so we just kind of like use that as That's so funny, you guys. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I mean, do, do you now have the insight to to know why they weren't respond, responding to you when you said, hey, we have this idea? Or, I don't even think we got to giving them the idea, to be honest. It, it was... Well, that, I guess my experience... Oh, you mean the, what Chad's talking about? Like yeah. the radio silence stuff? Yeah. Like my experience is that any manager, agent, rep, any of those people, if you say, hey, I have this great idea that is 
totally yeah. useless to them. So all you can yeah. do is like, here's a script that's, that's written exactly right. exactly. and won this competition. Yeah, or yeah we found that. Here's Nicholas yeah. Cage attached to. I think that thing. there are there are there is a fraction of a percentage of people of creatives who can just pitch an idea and somebody goes, yeah, let's go do it. It just doesn't. You you have to have you have to have you have to be working at a certain level, or sure. you have to have a certain number of successful successful attempts behind you for people to to take that kind of sure. risk. Yeah, and but I, even that, right. even at even at that level, like you might say, oh, like oh, we should make a movie about Barack Obama's childhood or something. Like it still needs to be like a proven. Yes, it yeah. can't be like oh, this really interesting idea about like a guy that falls in love with his house or whatever. Like right, like a- yeah. absolutely. And, and the people who go in and I think sell those ideas pitch pitch a fully formed yeah, version sure. of Agreed. that of that idea right but um but yeah i think more and more now you have to show up with a with a written piece of material maybe attachments and right. maybe attachments and a super crystal clear vision of what this thing is and and you have to make it undeniable and mm-hmm. i think that's that's a hard that takes a lot of time that's 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 the long part of development yeah. is making something feel inevitable to the people that are ultimately going to spend the money to make it right I mean early on I think we were a little naive too because we would just be like hey here's a short we want to do or here's something else mm-hmm. we want to do and you know for the production plan it'd be like yeah no it'd just be like the other ones that we've made since we've made like now 10 20 30 shorts you know sure. we would just do it like that but we know that wasn't enough to to do anything and then that's why we took the opportunity with the VHS a little more seriously. And we're like, all right, cool. We're all in on this. And we spent every day in the office, uh, making and probably sure spent all the money that was right. Yeah. On the, on, exactly. on screen. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. I think our biz- biggest expense for VHS was finding the, the, the house that we shot in, mm-hmm. um, which was out in Altadena and we had it for two nights only. And we shot, we shot the shit out of it from like 8 PM until like and- 6 AM. Yeah, and I mean on VHS, it's like they gave us thirty grand, and I think we put all of it, or maybe we paid ourselves like a grand each or something. Or yeah, like, but it yeah. was. But and then like on Southbound, which we did two movies later, I mean we we put we put in like ten grand. I mean it, you know it, if it's a money game that works for some people, it's not. It has not worked for us that way. Like in terms of you're doing these movies where like we had done a studio movie and that was cool, and then we were like, well now we want to go make a movie with the people we made VHS with, and you know it, there's not a lot of money in it like to make it. And at the end of the day, you're like, well, I want this to be good. So we end up calling it every our, favor, calling it every, every favor, favor we make, yeah, yeah. putting in your own money, you and, can, and yeah, and it's and it and it shows. I mean, the good thing about something that's that mm-hmm. of that size is when you invest in it, it's the the outcome is very real. Sure. Like you, you, the quality of it in, in, improves dramatically. If you're if we're throwing in thirty grand to like help out Ready or not, your chances sure. of seeing that are not very good. But right. on a low budget thing, investing your own your own time and your own money and it's yeah. like you, it goes you, you get a return on that yeah it's um, yeah, awesome well we're gonna have to wrap up soon i have two more questions do you have anything that, no, go for okay it. uh number one so since 2012 you guys have worked on four different features there's three of you obviously in the room you said you've been as big as five uh and i'm assuming you're kind of splitting paychecks and stuff what what else do you do to make money like between these movies we've had some writing jobs writing jobs writing jobs have helped a lot but I don't sold a couple pilots. Yeah, stuff like that. But I don't think I think that this has paid our. I mean, it's, sometimes it's lean and sometimes it's flush. But this has paid our bills for for quite a while. I mean, yeah, since yeah. I got fired from New Line yeah. in two thousand eight, and I have not had to have a job. I don't like live awesome. I don't live much differently than then. But I mean, you know, yeah, right. We've yeah. been paying our bills. Which well, I think nice. it's interesting just because our audience might see like, oh, 
you, you know, like there's sure. gaps in the IMDb resume. Like how do people make right. money? Totally. totally. I mean, it, it is the writing jobs because we did sell, we sold a series to NBC with uh, Blumhouse and that was a three script deal that ended up not getting picked up. And then after that, we sold. And a, it's the three of you are writing everything together yep, yep. and all that stuff. Yep. Like one person does the right side of the keyboard, one person the left side <laughs> of the keyboard. That's just the the keyboard part is the who gives a shit part. It's like you know, it's the talking and the conversations and. The, but is there ever a go away? Everyone go away, write a scene, and bring it back together. No, or? it's never worked for yeah, us. Usually, no. Yeah, yeah. Like I do the writing. Just the technical on that the, project, the you were writing and we were breaking. You while you were writing an episode, we were breaking the next one, which yeah, is kind of a, a weird, a weird very writer's, writer's roomy. You know, it's just like we like throw ideas and then and also like like for writing for me, I do it very quickly. So it'll be like we'll talk about it. Be like, here's the first fifteen pages. I mean, you guys will have it like in a few hours, and then we'll just sit down and go line by line and break it all apart. And dialogue and, and all that stuff. You just kind of. Yeah, but again, right it all just gets broken. It's all just, I mean, I think one of the things it's that like we learned. It's like a vomit draft is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, vomit draft. When people yeah. read a draft, it's been of, of something we've it's written. It's been through like five, it's, five. We've written it many, many yeah. times. And it's one of those things where like we've been working together that way for so long that you don't go like, oh, this has to be really good. You're like, here's the scene. It's in this room here. Are the characters, mm-hmm. here's the fucking drama. Right. Yeah, right. there it is. Yeah. Cool. So my second question is, do you think, so you guys got in, and I know you kind of, all three of you have like a comedy background and I know Ren You're Not is like a comedy thriller horror movie, but you kind of got in through this horror genre angle. Do you think that's still something that you would recommend to new filmmakers trying to kind of break into I think that, the business? I think you should do whatever you like. I think for us, it was, we just... So if you like family dramas, you do should it. Just do, do a family, family drama because yeah. if you do something that you believe in and is dope, other people will also mm-hmm. feel the same way. That's been our experience. We never, we never like in a million years would have been like, hey, this is a lucrative thing to try to do. It was just like, hey, we like making people laugh and we like scaring people and we kind of been mixing these things for a long time, basically, since we started working together. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of it just comes from the movies we grew up loving. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were like just kind of doing that thing. And I would actually say I, one of the tricky things about being about being the genre guys is it's so easy to just become that thing when for us right. we were we're we love all the genres and and our stuff always had a bit of the genre in it but uh-huh. um you know it's it's and so ready or not is oddly kind of the the perfect culmination of of all of <laughs> yeah, that stuff to right. us that it, it's a return oddly to all of the things that we love there's like real real grounded character drama mm-hmm. there's obviously a bunch of weird satire and comedy and there's also like some pretty hardcore horror moments in sure. it. And, and for us it's just like oh shit this is all of the stuff that we love when we first started working together when we were growing up and totally. it's all just in this in this in the same package and right. i think people respond to things that are real like if you if it's made from a place that matters to you people respond to that right like, and they probably there's always no substitute will. It's, no substitute yeah i think i think trying to chase something is is like the worst advice. I think it's something that will just get you. You'll be chasing your tail, making shit you don't like. People won't respond to it. Right. You know, I guess I'm not saying chase things, but like you look at um, a movie like Blue Ruin or VHS or uh, where you guys literally put yourselves in the movie. And obviously you'd done a ton of work before that, but you weren't like famous actors. Like in genre, in those genre films, it seems a little easier to break in without Sure, Meryl Streep playing. So I think there's a. Yeah. I think it's just the heightened nature of a genre film mm-hmm. allows for. Well, the hook is the yeah. is the star, but and right. it also it amplifies performance in an in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. And there's it's 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 fun to watch the exploration of a theme like through some monster. I mean, it's there's just something um, there's movie magic in it. 
And I think that that's, I think that that's fun to watch. And I think that it's, um, it's, uh, it's fun to make. And sure. But you could look at any of the things like, you know, you look at swingers or pie or like any of these kind of breakout movies. Can you name one from the last 10 years? That's a good point. That's not horror. Cause I could name horror ones, but you're right. Like that's, that's what's happening right now. And I think obviously we've all seen it. There's that weird shift now where you're not in a theater unless you're horror mm-hmm. or superhero. I mean, even like a winter's bone, which isn't that long ago. I don't know if yeah. that could that would clear no. the hurdle. This like if it came it out this like year. Primer, but that's also sci-fi. No, that's like so that's 15 like, years yeah, old like too. Yeah. Is that really? Yeah. God, what are the ones in the last yeah. 10 years? We're old guys. Question. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things from the 90s and yeah, yeah but the 10 years ago was like when I mean even paranormal I mean, activity. Eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, eighth grade, eighth grade, grade. That's a good example. Book smart, yeah. Is so book smart is Olivia Wilde directing she's, with like, yeah, she's so amazing. Well, amazing, and we all no, know but amazing actors. Eighth grade, like millions you, of dollars. Yeah. You could say the same thing about eighth grade, right? Like Bo Burnham's like had been famous since he was, like but not 13. as a film director, right. yeah, and not true. even in the film business, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's actually right. odd. It, we we had like I don't know how many hundreds of millions of views on YouTube before VHS, and it was so weird to like go to Sundance and four hundred eyeballs, you know, four hundred people in a theater in Sundance. Oddly, their opinions about this this short film that we did mattered meant more in our careers than like the hundreds sure. of millions of views that we had very, before that. It's a really weird. Yeah. Which that is a, is different now than yeah. it used to be. Now right. Shane Dawson could probably get like a studio film made, you know, when he never could before. Cool. Well, uh, well, very awesome stuff about Ready or Not. We're gonna jump into our final segment. It's called Unpaid Endorsements. Unpaid Endorsements. <laughs> Um, so I'll kick it off. I've got uh, my endorsement is a music video by my buddy Johnny Look. It's for the artist Joe Russo. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. It's a Fair Boney Love Theme is the name of the video. Um, but it's a really great, super stylized video about like kind of a, just like a, a dude who really wants to eat a sandwich. But then when he goes into the room where he's going to eat the sandwich, this giant kind of like normcore sort of a sane asylum sort of situation occurs where people are kind of dancing along to him trying to eat the sandwich and it's just great it's like um a wonderful small little video about choreography and like style and awesome. it's really great um so awesome. joe russo for bony love theme i'm sure links will be in the uh in the show notes everyone because i i'm sure i'm saying it wrong i love it cool well i uh I'm going to endorse a short film that's kind of old. It's like four years old. Hopefully I haven't talked about it before. But our last episode, you talked about a short film. So I got one this time. Have you guys heard of My Daughter's Boyfriend? It's by this guy named Joey Izzo. It's it's on Vimeo. It's just like this really, really amazing short film about a woman, a single mother, and her daughter, who's this excellent actress named uh, Esther Povitsky. Oh, sure. Um, And she is just dating like the douchiest guy. And she's like 16 or something. And he's like comes over and he's like always like half naked and like flirting with the mom. And the mom is just like, who is this idiot? And uh, it's just about what the length she'll go to to get him to stop dating her daughter. But it's like super grounded. It's super like not a lot of dialogue. It's just really, really well done. My daughter's boyfriend. And then this isn't a paid endorsement, but uh, I think it's kind of interesting for any any of you losers like Matt that like love Disneyland and love Disney World? I'm with you on that. Way with you. I went to Galaxy. We did many of our <laughs> early meetings were in line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I'm working at Disney World all week next week, and I think they might have this for Disneyland too. But you know, they're like, there's no such thing as maps anymore. But if you're if you're not like an expert like you guys, and you are going to Disney World with your family, there's an app you can download called My Disney Experience, and it shows you like wait times at every ride, and you can plan out your day as you get there, and um, it's really fascinating. I didn't realize this existed until. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. And do they we have just, one for Disneyland? They yeah. do. Yeah, for sure. And they just I just found out, just to add on to yours, because mm-hmm. it was so helpful having a kid, we just went, and they, for 15 bucks extra, on the ticket prices are already outlandish. So if you're like Right, so that's bucks, only 2%. Yeah, exactly. You can, it's like, I think it's called Max Pass. Max Pass, And yeah. you can schedule your Fast Pass things without going to them. Oh, wow. And it was... That's so not Fast Pass Plus, right? No, I think it's Max Pass. Max yeah. It was. What will they think? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. it, it, it they does, should call it Mix Pass. It's a bummer <laughs> that they charge you for it because it's literally just using the it's app. It's just Fast Pass. It's just Fast Pass, but like not having to run all the way oh over to like Space Mountain or whatever. And then find your yeah, yeah, party yeah. later. It and... is 100% worth it if you're like, you know, spending right. a bunch of money to go all the way to Disneyland and you only have so much time. It's and walking is like so 20th century. Like I want a park <laughs> where like the rides just move to you. you know? <laughs> You're still cool. walking around. You're just not stressed about like, oh man, we got to go, you know, get on this ride or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, well, cool. You guys got anything cool you're into? Yeah, I have an unpaid endorsement. Do it. I was in Santa Fe recently and I went to Meow Wolf. Have you guys done Meow Wolf? No, there? no. But so I... Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yeah, Santa Fe, New Mexico. I... um. It's obviously, I mean, it's been around for a few years and it's, it, I mean, it pulls a ton of people. It's like sold out almost every day. Is it a show? It's a, so it is a, it's an art installation, I think is the best way to mm-hmm. describe it. It's an interactive art installation and um, it's, it's a giant warehouse. You wait in line to get in and they, they let you in with a group of people and it is, it's a 22,000 square foot experience where they've built this this giant, I mean, it's hard to even explain. And I think that's why it was so fascinating to me. It, it, it starts with you walking into this, essentially what looks like a soundstage and they've built a, a replica of a giant house in it. And you enter this house and everything is meant to be touched and interacted with. And it's so fully designed. Like you, you, everything you look at, there's, there's some meaning and significance to it, but there are all of these really amazing, uh, these really amazing kind of reality bending uh, mini experiences within this installation right. where like you walk, you walk through the fireplace and the fireplace opens up into this giant cave that's full of these like glowing neon dinosaur bones. And you can climb inside of a, a washing machine and it shoots you out into another room. There's just, oh, wow. it was just like adults, wild adult it's playground. like a science museum and escape room and like a live yeah. storytelling theater, interactive theater. Well, yeah. And there's like enough of a narrative to it that it feels like, your, your brain starts to sort of put together what the That's story that. of the house is and That's what the cool. space yeah. is. But it was just... How long it, are you there? I was there. You can I, you can spend as much time as you want there. I, we, I was there for two and a half hours and it felt like I could have stayed there for four. But it was... Um, it was the first. It was the first like sort of art experience I've had in a long time that I, I left at. I, I left it feeling fully recharged. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, this yeah. was... There was so much input and it was so weird and inspiring. It makes you feel less creative, right? When yeah, well, less. but I also... the other way around. Yeah, you but I also like, was like, oh my God, I can't wait to... I can't wait to tell people about it. I can't wait to talk with people about it. And I think they're building one in Vegas now, too. But um, Meow Wolf? It's meow called? Wolf. One it's word a, or two? two? Two words. Two words. Yeah. Wolf, wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I think that George R. R. Martin is, is involved in the creation of it, the Game of Thrones guy who, oh, lives, who lives part-time in Santa Fe. But, Never uh, heard of him. It is a, it's a, it's a great thing to check out if you're in Santa Fe. So cool. Cool. 
That was a good one. All right, um, mine is... Chad's like, that was a good one. No, yeah, good. listen to this. It's good. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's actually... No, Chad is rolling up his sleeves. I can do series, right? Like, I can <laughs> yeah, do you can do series. Yeah, for sure. Cool, because my, my unpaid in- endorsement is for a series called Black Spot, which I'm kind of uh, obsessed with. It's on Netflix right now. I watched season one uh, about two years ago on Amazon, um, but it's about this small little remote French town in the middle of a forest, and it, you follow basically these... Uh, police officers around as they're trying to find a missing girl so it has like this nice twin peaks element to it um but then they go into the forest and there's like a real pagan mysticism that is out there too and they they hint at it in a way that's like like masterfully done throughout the first season and then they kind of come in hot season two with it but then it kind of like it, it peters out again and it's just a nice little mix of like true crime um, small town drama and politics, and also this like supernatural ma- magic, Fuck, which is pretty is great. exactly the show I'm pitching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. And, but it's in French. It's in French. Yeah, it's a uh, Zoe Blanche the is in French. It's in English. Yeah. <laughs> you can put paid endorsement for your yeah. idea if you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you sure okay, pay you for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it one word or two? It's black spot. Two words. Black um, black spot. spot or Zone Blanche is the French. And I'm not good at French. Whoa, Ooh, yeah. 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 But that was good. Ooh, Nailed yeah. that one. I love a chilled Zon Blunt. Um, cool, Matt. What do you got? Cool, Chad. <laughs> um, <laughs> you thought that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is, can I do another podcast? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> That's kidding. actually yeah. how we found out about most other podcasts. All yeah. right. Yeah. I think yeah. I found out about this one. Yeah. And yeah. this is not like a deep dive, but I'm so in it right now. Are you going to plug our, our podcast? Cereal? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Serial. Have you guys heard about it? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, Unspooled. Have you guys listened to it? No. It sounds hey. familiar. Oh, wow. I've been telling these two about it, but they haven't. I haven't actually no, I'm, I'm in it. Okay, and I am super in it. it. Chad ignores all Actually, that's the first time I've heard that. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe the first time you heard it. Yeah, yeah, heard it. Yeah. Yeah, it's Unspooled. It's Amy Nicholson and Paul Shear, and they are going through the AFI Top 100 Oh, movies fun. List, awesome. And it's just a movie, an episode, and sometimes they have guests. Like for Toy Story, they had Annie Potts, like that kind of thing. And they just get into real conversations about the movie. Like, is it good? It, do we just like it for some bullshit reason? Does it deserve mm-hmm. to be on the list? And sometimes some of them are they're seeing it for the first time, yeah. which is also so and, great. And it's, of course, yeah. like funny and it's engaging. And, but I like love it. And I, I think they're maybe on 58 or 60 right now. Are they starting like at 1 or at 100? They, well, they started by rolling dice or something uh-huh. to that effect. And then, and then now they're going through chronolo- chronologically. Are they do? This is so nerdy. Are they doing the? Because there's two lists right there. The AFI revised it and like there's well, there's the '97 one, which they mentioned sometimes. Sure. Then I guess there's a like a 2007 yeah, one. Exactly. That's the one they're going off of. Oh, interesting. I, I love that. Doesn't approve. No, I'm going through that list as well, but I uh, cross correlated them. So, like, they're. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, well, so this DP I work with a lot, he has that list on his refrigerator. I was at his house the other day and he had like all these movies crossed out. And he's like, I mean, I guess it's the unspooled, but he's like, I've been watching these and like some of them just aren't nearly as good as today's movies. He's like, they're just so boring, you know, which is like the most obvious thing you would guess someone would say about these movies but he's like nowadays i just like want to be more entertained by my, by my right, movies right. how many how many are not on the the ninth the uh, some early that get list dropped off. Yeah. i think it's probably because that's I another list in and of itself eight, there's a, oh, a movies about, that yeah. got relegated <laughs> yeah. 85 percent 85 percent i would say are probably overlap and then there's we rank it so like sometimes we'll i think it was that 
we'll use the lowest ranking possible, but we'll mark if it was if it was moved in some way or something like that. Yeah. We call yeah. these people people without children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a tiny bit of spreadsheet work. It's like <laughs> a tiny tube. bit of spreadsheet work. <laughs> Just on a Saturday night, yeah, I sure. pour myself a... The, yeah. So let me get this straight. You have free time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I can share yeah. you the doc. I don't have... Please, I, yeah. I write more than one third of my script, okay? Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a dig at trios. Um... Uh, cool. Awesome, well, guys. So yeah. great. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks. Yeah, not dot com. Is that a... I have no idea. Ready or not film dot com? <laughs> you know, I think you can just Google it. Because it's ready yeah. or not movie. It's ready or not movie. It's yeah. out there. But the hashtag is ready or not. Hashtag ready or not movie. Uh, All right. Yeah. So send an email to hashtag at ready or not movie. <laughs> ready or not movie. Um, well, just... just yeah, Ready or Night Showtimes will get you there, guys, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's um a it's national release, right? It's everywhere, it's, right? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's a wide release. And how about you guys? How do we find you? Are you on social media? High anywhere? Radio Silence. At High Radio mm-hmm. Silence on social media and uh, team. And H-I? We have both. Yeah. We have yeah. H-I and H-I-G-H Radio oh, Silence. Yeah. Oh, cool. Not H-A-I <laughs> or J-A-I? Yeah. Yeah, okay. and then all of our, it, individually, it's our Just first our and last name. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. No yeah. underscores or anything like that? Yeah, no. Great. Nope. Nice and clean. Cool. Yeah. Killer. Well, everything uh, for our podcast is at Just Shoot It Pod. If you have any questions, comments, anything you want to say, ask whatever, we will answer you. Uh, email us at justshootitpod at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at OKaplan. And I'm across all social media at Mr. Matt Enlo. Um, if you want to learn more about the stuff that we talked about, you can check out our show notes. Um, and this episode was edited by Jay McAuliffe, produced by Madeline Rosewatt. Our uh, webmaster is Ewan Williams, and the music you're listening to right now is by the artist Jazar and the Free Music Archive. He'll leave us a review on iTunes if you get a chance. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.